Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. So I got my corporate job in engineering once I got, I got my master's in aerospace engineering and then I got my first corporate job. And the minute I walked into that cubicle, I was like, uh-oh. Like, it was terrible. Like, I'm in this nerdy business casual outfit. Like, it's this gray cubicle. And I'm just like, um, oh, no. Like, and I already don't like working for people. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. So pretty much for minute one, I was trying to figure my way out of that. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. All right, guys, this is going to be a fun, fun episode. I'm your host, Donnie Bovine, and this is Donnie Success Champions. And I've had fun chatting here with Ms. Allie Boone for a little bit, and we've actually laughed the entire time, so I expect <laughs> a hell of a lot more to come out of it. So, Ms. <laughs> Allie, welcome to the show, my dear. Please thanks for story. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. My favorite thing is laughing, so it's on. And like I told you, hearing your southern accent, mine <laughs> is probably going to get thicker as we go because it yeah, kind of dude, calms down in California. But yeah, it, it you're going to say y'all before we get out of here. I grew up saying y'all <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow's college football day. So no one talked to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through it. How did you become Miss Allie Boone? Oh, well, see, it all happened about 37 years ago. <laughs> Actually, it is a funny story. So I grew up as Allison, but my birth certificate, I originally was Allie. And you can see on my birth certificate, it's like the printed Allie, and then there's like a son written around it. Like they changed it at the last minute. So, so were you supposed to be a dude? I mean, or? No, I was going to be Allie the girl, but then they decided <laughs> to make me more formal and make me Allison. Like later in life, I was like, that sounds kind of like stick in the mud. I was like, I gotta, I'll go back to the original. <laughs> Let's go back to how it really started. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So my background is I was a super math nerd growing up. I started flying airplanes. I got an aerospace engineering degree. Well, I say like super math nerd. I could hang at a party. Don't get me wrong. You I already actually, lost me at super math nerd and then in, in, in aerospace <laughs> engineering. I started doodling. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to prove I was cool, I was I won keg stand champion in college. Oh. So. Like, I mean, I said I'm from Georgia. That's kind of how we do. But Oh, that's like the wedding party then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like no joke. And it's high competition levels, you know. So. <laughs> Did you get an award uh, or something? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to no useful information. I can feel it. <laughs> it might get something good out of this. <laughs> <laughs> if I can just give one tidbit. My tidbit is laughing life. Absolutely. So I did the college thing. I, so I grew up like left-brained, like get the good job or make straight A's, get the good job, job security, yada, yada, yada. 
And so I did all that only to find out I hated engineering. The only reason I went the engineering route is I swore it would be the same as flying, but they'd make more money. And so it turns out that engineering and flying are totally different, like not even on the spectrum. You think? (laughs) I know. Well, I I spent a lot of money in tuition to find that out. (laughs) I'm like, oh, We should have met like eight, ten years prior to. I could have saved Uh you a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of money and a lot of hatred for what I was doing. Like engineering is terrible. (laughs) I don't care about details. Right. (laughs) Like, So I got my corporate job in engineering once I got, I got my master's in aerospace engineering and then I got my first corporate job. And the minute I walked into that cubicle, I was like, Oh, like it was terrible. Like I'm in this nerdy business casual outfit. Like it's this great cubicle. And I'm just like, um, Oh no. Like, and I already don't like working for people. I was like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. So pretty much for minute one, I was trying to figure my way out of that. And I had no starting point. It's like, well, I went out of a corporate job. I hear that people do that. But so I just started reading books. I started just exploring everything I could. And it took me about five years, but all the pieces kind of finally came together. I mean, I was busy in those five years. I was looking for any way out of this hell. And I was trying so hard. I was doing that. And then I saw a job posting for a transfer job for like what sounded like a really cool engineering job. So I took that and moved to California. I was like, well, you know, if it was like field engineer and I get to like work in super cold weather and with all my gear and like have to be able to lift 40 pounds, it was like fun. And so it was kind of cool because it brought me to California. And then and I got to do all sorts of top secret flight testing. Like it was a really cool experience, but the whole time I just, it wasn't me at all. And so finally, towards the last year that I was there, I kind of, all the pieces started coming together. I ended up starting my real estate investing company. I tried to start it as long as I could before I quit my every Friday paycheck, which honestly, I kind of still miss, but I would never go back to it. And yeah, so now I'm six years into business. I've been through the full gamut of the entrepreneurial roller coaster, the sanity nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a continued thing. Like, I've got to make some changes with my company right now based on the real estate market. Yeah, but I will say that the whole thing, like, as stressful as it is starting a business and not having my every Friday paycheck and having to pay for my own health insurance, it is so – it's like – you know, I get to sleep in. I slept in today. Like I woke up. I woke up. I woke up. I woke up. There's that Georgia. I woke accent. up. <laughs> I woke up when I wanted to this morning. <laughs> just go ahead but, and put, just say catch me outside in the back end of that, and we got the yeah, whole thing. <laughs> catch me outside. How did you? I have no idea. I, I can't even pull it up. <laughs> I think I repressed it. <laughs> But yeah, like there's challenges that come with it, but man, like my life is awesome. I'm, I'm actually at my parents' house right now just visiting for a couple of days because I can't, like, but I can work because I just need my laptop. So yeah, it's really, you know, the free, the whole thing for me was freedom. I don't like people telling me what to do. I wanted the freedom to make my own decisions. And honestly, I wanted the freedom to travel whenever I wanted, go to lunch with people if they wanted, invited me. And, you know, honestly, I'm in my pajamas right now. I put right. something on to kind of mask it. But I'm in my pajamas, and I like it that way. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You're bubbly. You've got a personality. 
You're from? This is why I made a horrible engineer. Right, that's what I'm saying. How the <laughs> hell did engineering even come up? I mean, you didn't walk into class and recognize you didn't fit in already? Oh, it was terrible. So in my undergrad, when I switched in the engineering technology route or whatever, it was kind of okay because it wasn't that hardcore of an engineering program. But then I went to Georgia Tech for my master's in aerospace engineering, which for the record, I had no background for. I walked into that place and I was like, uh-oh. It was so hard that, that one of my first classes, someone had a copy of an old test. So I memorized every single answer down to the detail. And then our test ended up being the exact same. I was like, I got this. That guy made a 90 on his test. I made a 70. I had the same answer. I couldn't even cheat right at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard I couldn't cheat. <laughs> like, I just picture, you know, that classroom filled with a bunch of Sheldons from the Big Bang Theory. Oh, it's no – like, Sheldon is no exaggeration. So I started working in one of the labs. I think it was an engine lab or something. And I would stand there, and I would watch the people walk by. Sheldon has more personality than everybody in this lab did. Like, it's like <laughs> these robots walking by, and I'm like, hey, how are you? Hey, um, hi. Oh, so you were Penny. <laughs> yeah. I was, absolu- I, was, I was absolutely Penny. I was easily the dumbest person in that department. And it's like, I mean, I might as well have been Penny for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, to this day, I have no idea what they're ever talking about. Like, I, oh. I kind of had to cheat my way through that degree, but, oh, it's terrible. I, you're legendary at that school. I guarantee it. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like the one blonde that went through this class, like, uh, what's that Reese Witherspoon lawyer – movie, oh, uh, Legally uh, Blonde type thing. Legally Blonde, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to an engineering school. Well, and they probably remember me because I actually, so undergrad and all that, I was easily a straight-A student. Like, I, I didn't have many problems. This, I actually failed out of my master's before I finished it. My mom hates, I'm like, is mom home? <laughs> mom hates when it, she's like, I wish she would stop telling people that. I'm like, I take it as a compliment. I say that I failed out because I have too much common sense. Like, God bless the Sheldons and the engineering robots, but I they don't have any common sense. And so, so I only had two classes in research left. I had to annoy the department enough where they finally gave in and said, fine, come back, finish your classes, get back out, <laughs> like, go away. <laughs> That was my entire high school. My high school was, you know what? We're going to pass you just so we don't get you back. <laughs> just so you don't stick yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know what I did afterwards? After I started my company, this total sidebar, to make it funny, I went and got another master's degree, and this time it was in spiritual psychology. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about your Reiki Masters right. podcast, like the California hooey hooey. So just to really anchor that in, yeah. I get I got my Georgia Masters and my California Masters. That's what I call them. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Totally. So did, where did you get the spiritual hooey booey, you know, <laughs> yeah. Masters at? It was the University of Santa Monica, not quite as well known as Georgia Tech, but, okay. you know, they're great. Okay. Well, at least you got it in Georgia. It made more sense if you would have got it in California. No, then I got I it had a, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got my left brain degree in Georgia where it made sense, and I got my right brain degree in California where it made sense. I got to, you know, I like to fit in. I want to make sure I can talk to, you know, the people I'm around. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. All right. So, 
So now you have a master's in engineering, math. You have a master's yeah. in foo-foo spirituality. Uh-huh. You like to fly planes, and now you do real estate. All right, math engineer, how the hell does that add up? I like to say I used to get bored very easily. Now I've just kind of become lazy. Like I feel like I thought so much back in the day. So if you guys want to make a lot of money and not work for a living, become a realtor or flip houses, buy houses, whatever you do. Use something like that, yeah. So are you wholesaling? What are you doing with your real estate company? So I'm actually, I kind of call myself a glorified matchmaker. I connect buyers and sellers. And so it all kind of started like while I was trying to find my way out of corporate, I randomly started investing in real estate. Like I, being the smart engineer, I wasn't putting two and two together that these would ever, this would ever get me out of corporate. But through, so I was doing these kind of deals that people hadn't really heard of, and they're like, wait a minute, that sounds really cool. How are you doing that? And so I started connecting them with what I was doing, and it built so much. Everyone's like, you know, you could do this. Like, you know, if you go get your license, we can pay you the referral fees. And so I was like, oh, that'll be fun side money. Again, engineering smartness, not intact. And so it just built and built and built. And finally, I was like, hey, wait a minute. If a regular real estate agent can make a living doing this, can I make a living doing this? And it kind of stemmed from there and that's how it all started. So I'm really just a matchmaker between buyers and sellers. But what I've also become over the years I found is an emotional support dog because I attract a lot of new investors and they're terrified and they don't really know what's happening. So I'll do the handholding. Uh, you know, if they have any challenges, I'm here. I'm like the, the smiley, friendly face that, you know, I was trying to, my whole idea was like, I want to put, someone seemingly trustworthy in an otherwise fairly intimidating industry. Like real estate investing is, it's not for the, what's, what's that phrase? Not for the meek or not for the faint you know, of like, heart. Yeah. Faint of heart. That's it. Not for the faint of heart. You don't really know who you can trust. There's so many options. None of us learned in school, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I kind of wanted to present myself as like, Hey, I'll just tell you what I know, what I've gotten for myself, what I've done. And that's been the basis for my company ever since. So it's been, it's actually been kind of fun because now I finally get to talk to people. Engineers would never talk back. (laughs) (laughs) I go to their cubicles and I'm like, Hey, what you doing? What'd you do this weekend? You want to go to lunch? What you doing now? Hey. And they're like, Uh. (laughs) (laughs) me and engineers have gotten along great i've got some really i do have some really close buddies that are in the engineering realm and i give them absolute hell every chance i get (laughs) (laughs) now don't get me wrong i do have engineering tendencies i didn't do that all willy-nilly like you give me a spreadsheet job I'm all over it. Like, I still love me a good spreadsheet. Like, I, I have my moments for sure. But more often than not, I'm thinking I should probably give my engineering degree back, like, dumb things that I can't figure out. I'm like, huh, no, I got nothing. <laughs> What's interesting is I had a buddy, Derek Morell, on the show. And he does a lot of wholesaling and does a lot mm-hmm. of the investment side of the market. When he first jumped into the market, he lost – 50, maybe a hundred thousand dollars because of a subcontractor spending all the money versus actually fixing the houses. And he was able to recoup it later because he went in and he did a lot of the work himself and yada, yada, yada. So most people who get into investing have some sort of, well, I screwed that up story all the way through. Share some of your favorite ones because People oh. have two thoughts when they come into real estate, right? <laughs> they have the, the one thought is I'm going to be a millionaire over the night tomorrow. The mm-hmm. other thought is it's so scary I should never do it. 
Yep. So I want the real side of it. Well, and props to your friend for losing all that and then sticking with it. My story is similar. So my very first, technically my first investment was the house I lived in in Georgia. I kept, I moved right during the crash. So I just kept it and made it a rental property. So that was kind of my first investment, but my, you're going to love this. My first intentional investment was a beach bunk, beach bungalow, pre-construction beach bungalow in Nicaragua. <laughs> all I saw, <laughs> all I saw was affordable third world country on the beach and it'll ruffle everybody's feathers who I tell. <laughs> I'm like, obviously I have to buy that. <laughs> and, <laughs> so this was actually a big development. It was pre-construction, like I said. There were some big partners in it. Wyndham Hotels, Jack Nicholas Golf Course Design was coming in. Some big-time investors bought into this. So I ended up buying the beach bungalow and buying a, was it a home site or something? So basically, I was about 40 grand of my own money into this deal. And to this day, it's never been built. It went completely belly up. The guy who was running it got banned from Nicaragua. You know, and so it was like, oh, so my first, I mean, granted, it was in a third world, you know, like, it's not complete rocket science to know that, you know, not a total shocker, but. And you know, you you have a master in engineering. I know. (laughs) I I did something one time and someone said something, I was struggling with something. They're like, you know, this isn't rocket science. I was like, I know if it were, I'd be able to do it. (laughs) 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 Which I couldn't really do the rocket science either. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I fall in that spectrum. But yeah, you know, as a first time investor to lose 40 grand out of the gate. And then here I am like connect. I had connected people with this deal and I was like the guilt was, I was like, uh Oh, and then I moved into different kind of properties and whatever. And then actually when I first started buying my other properties, they were, it wasn't big losses, but they were struggling the first few years. And I was like, what am I doing? Like I keep losing money. I keep like, how is it now I'm starting a real estate investing company. And fortunately I had a mentor who said, listen, this happens in real estate investing. And truly, I think more than figuring out real estate investing, it's kind of like the rite of passage. It's like, what big time investor have you ever heard of Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, any of those guys that haven't literally lost millions? And I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, well, I guess if 40 grand is all I lose, I'm way ahead of them. Like, you know, it was kind of, and it was all about perspective. Here's, here's where my spiritual psychology master's degree comes in. It's all about perspective, right? Like, what did that 40 grand get me other than not a beach bungalow? I did multiple trips to Nicaragua. It's easily my favorite place on the planet. It's how I met everyone I work with now. It basically was the catalyst for me starting my company. And so now I've been corporate free for something like a medical diagnosis. I've been corporate free for six years and I'm living this lifestyle because I went for that Nicaragua deal. So like when I put perspective to that, it's paid out dividends on the 40,000, whereas so many people, it's so easy to focus on the loss. It's like, wait, but was there really a loss? Yes, I would like that 40 grand back. Supposedly I'll still get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so it's, it, but it took me a second in the moment. It's like, how am I in a real estate investing industry? Real estate blows. And my mentor's point was, but it speaks to how worth it it is when you stick through it. Just hang on. And so now a few years later, all my properties are fine. You know, it really does. It's, you know, so like entrepreneurship, investing, all that kind of stuff. It's so, I don't want to say it's more mental than the logistics of figuring it out, but it's so mental. Like that, 
I feel, you know, anyone can start a business, but I think it's the mentality afterwards, you know, can you survive the roller coasters? Can you survive the challenge? I'm in a position now where real estate sales have dropped across the nation everywhere. And so now I'm kind of scratching my head like, oh, if my income is totally dependent on real estate sales and real estate sales are dropping, oh, Oh, uh, uh, you know, so for the first time in a few years, I'm really having to go back to the drawing board and like, well, wait a minute, I have to solve this problem. And that's really what entrepreneurship is, because I could just give in and be like, oh, how many sales? And my mom last night asked, she goes, well, would you want to go? Would you why don't you just go get a regular job to hold you over until you see what the real stuff was like? No, Not at this point. <laughs> Not at this I will point. be homeless on the beach before I ever do that again. Right, but, right. You know, that's part of it is like, I'm okay. Well, you're in California. You can do that. You can be homeless on the beach and you'll yeah. get right Although, in. it's a little deceiving. It's a little chilly at night on the beaches here. Like, even the water's cold. I miss the East Coast for that. But, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's worse places to be for homeless. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, a couple things that I want to point out to you throughout there. First, you just described gratitude in one of the coolest ways I've heard it described in a while is, yeah, you lose $40,000. Mm-hmm. But in the moment of being grateful for that loss, look what came from that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people struggle with what am I supposed to be grateful for? And for me, it's you've got to be grateful for the tough times. Yeah. You've got to be grateful for the times you get punched in the face by life because those are, as you your word, the catalyst for things that are going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. The second thing is a person told me, a mentor of mine told me that – If you really want to understand how your mind works and what you're made of, become an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Because you will never be tested harder or more in your life. Why do you think I started going to school for spiritual psychology? Oh, my God, help. (laughs) Well, and it's so true because, you know, one thing I experienced was back when I was the pilot engineer, one thing that's common between those two careers and it was a thing within me anyways, which kind of half led me to those, is you have control. If I need the airplane to do something in particular, I make it happen. I, not only do I have the option to make it happen, I have to make it happen. Half of flight training, I teach flying now, and half of flight training is learning how to make it happen. Like, you have to own it. Like, this is happening right now, and you have that ability. Same with engineering. It's like, oh, we have this problem how am I going to make this get solved? And you have that, that option. So here I am control freak, like one-on-one going into entrepreneurship. Well, one of the biggest lessons I learned right out of the gate is I can't make any of it happen. None. And I was like, uh Oh, so some, for someone who grew up being trained how to make it happen and then goes and gets a master's degree in how to make it happen and works as in a position of making it happen to find out I don't really have that option was, I mean, it was like super sanity test. And in the midst of the pilot and engineer thing, I wasn't really that in touch with feelings. I'm a girl, but I really, <laughs> I, I didn't really understand that whole concept. Oh, you want to find out what feelings are pretty fast? Wonder where your food's coming from. Wonder where your rent check's coming from. Find out you have no control over anything. And uh, like, and then so then I'm having to experience this feelings thing everyone's talking about. I'm like, God, <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what is happening? So, yeah, it's, it's exactly true what uh, he said. Like, and I've learned so much about myself. And so I've kind of reworked 
my training, if you will. Yeah. You know, I mean, I spent 20 years as a sales guy and I was a straight commission sales guy. And when I opened my own business, I really thought, good, I I kick ass at sales. I, you know, I'm just going to rock and roll, open my own business and sell my way through anything. (laughs) Well, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you (laughs) everything I thought about running a business was just wrong. I mean, you just don't know what you don't know. And man, I was six months into my business contemplating if I'm just going to shut the whole damn thing down and go back to work for somebody because, you know, I I didn't understand operational processes, you know, accounting processes. You know, there was just so many freaking things to learn. And, you know, the buck literally stopped with you. I mean, if I I don't didn't figure out all this stuff, I'm. Where am I going to eat? How do I keep yeah. my house? You know, in the whole nine yard. And thank God I found podcasting because that's the thing that saved <laughs> business. <laughs> it's really one of those things. And I think, you know, I, I love telling people, and I'm sure you're the same way, is, is man, you've got to take some crazy-ass risk and, and literally yeah. bet to farm uh, to figure things out. Um and what's funny is I own a farm, so I literally bet the farm. But. <laughs> and I'm from Georgia. I miss farms. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, as you're going around, you know, you're hitting a potentially new season of your journey where mm-hmm. real estate is doing its thing right now. And I, I don't want to be the, the doomsayer, but I think the economy's fixing to swing hard and punch us all in the face here in a second. Well, and um, it's already starting, honestly. So every real estate person I know is coming in at half to two-thirds on a good day of sales this year. I have a really good friend, her and her husband, he's in sales, totally unrelated to real estate, and he just lost one of his biggest accounts. Like, I feel like real estate as a whole, and, you know, I was telling some people the thing with real estate in 2008 or 2009, whenever that crash happened, I mean, it went from like peak to bottom, like yeah. overnight. And so for the investing side, that was, unfortunately, I didn't have my business then. I'm like, oh, come on, like miss that boat. But for me, that would have like primo business because you have the people who are buying at the peak and then you have the people who all want to buy when things are on sale. And what I'm seeing now, which is getting me really nervous and why I'm starting to like, oh, I got to put my brain back on is, you know, I think we've hit the peak because everything's slowing down and now we're starting to come down the slope. But my concern is it's not happening overnight. And so this downslope, it's like, why would anyone buy real estate right now if it's going to be lose value by tomorrow? And I'm like, if this lasts for five years, which who knows, it could it's like, oh, you know, and it's it's having foresight, like, you know, I could just kind of do nothing and hope that it all works out. But, you know, I think I think a lot of people are about to panic. I mean, sales everywhere, like it's just, it's kind of almost like a slow burn type of thing yeah. where if we just crashed overnight, it's it is what it is. Like we all start picking ourselves up. But this slow thing, like I'm I'm pretty I'm nervous and I don't think it's just going to affect the real estate people. Well, and, you know, it's interesting is thank God I live in Texas because we <laughs> usually stay pretty strong through the real estate stuff. I mean, I don't want to say we didn't get punched in the face as well. But, you know, the problem they're running in here is inventory was so yeah. bad. 
on houses and all the buddies I have that do wholesaling or flipping and everything else, you know, there's just no inventory on the ground. Yeah. So there's a lot of new construction that's happening massively around here. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is because new construction's going, there's been a lot of talk of if that's not some of the reason the housing market is going down because yeah. there's all this new development going. So people are lowering prices of houses and everything else to try and mm-hmm. compete with new construction. So it's just a really interesting time right now to see what happens. And unfortunately, you know, for most people who live in the U.S., that's their number one or only major investment they have in their life is their household. Yeah. Um, And you guys are playing an even riskier game, you know, in the the investing side of the market. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Become the flying realtor, you know, or. (laughs) 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 I'm like, hey, that combines my favorite things. (laughs) Well, you know, I've been thinking about it. And so what I've been asking myself is. Hey guys, it's Donnie here, and I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company, and this company helps people get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms, but we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know, whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Blue Family Fund, helping dependents of law enforcement families on their journeys. Blue Family Fund is a nonprofit that raises funds and offers financial support through higher education scholarships for dependents of law enforcement officers and by providing financial assistance for families of fallen law enforcement officers. Every dollar donated will go to the families of police officers, either through scholarships to dependents of police officers or as aid to fallen officers' families. Visit us at bluefamilyfund.com. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe Everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. So it's actually, you know, you mentioned earlier, like the hardships and the challenges are oftentimes the best things that ever happened to us. So while I'm stressed about all of this, I also think like this is easily going to be the best thing that ever happened to me because in the past few years, I've known I should increase business and I've known I should get some different streams going and I've pursued it kind of, but I never, I didn't really have to. And I have no self-discipline. Like, I really, if I can be lazy, I'm going to be so lazy. So I kind of need this fire under me to be like, oh, wait, like, now I need to, like, I need to, I got to, I got to do something. Right. No more spiritual psychology school. Like, we got to get back to the, back to the game here. Yep. Get and, out of the, the, the teepees. Get away <laughs> from the campfire. You know. Come out of the ethers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But for me, my question was, okay, so if I don't want to be reliant on real estate transactions, because it's dangerous, any, you know, any commission only sales thing, real estate, like, so that's dangerous. And if people aren't buying properties in the downturn, what are they buying? Well, the answer for that to me is education. I'm like, oh, I got to work on education. I've been a real estate investing writer now for five years, I guess almost six years. I have like 190 articles on bigger pockets. I have an e I published ebook that's been out for a few years. I'm finishing an actual book right now. And I'm like, I gotta start doing more with that information. So it's like I gotta cool with the real estate transactions, but I don't want to be dependent on it. So I think I've got to start doing education type of stuff. But it's that whole thing of like, okay, if this is what it is, and I think that's one of the biggest things is people often take the victim. It's like, oh, I oh, but this thing, maybe it'll change. It's like, we're not going to change the market. If people are going to stop buying, they're going to stop buying. It doesn't matter what marketing we do for it. It doesn't matter what kind of fluffing we do for it. Nothing matters because why would anyone buy a property when the values are dropping? So it's like, I got to do something new now. So it's stressful, but it's, you know, I know it'll lead to good things. And if you guys have any, any interest, if you need to learn something, let me know what it is. And I'll say, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> well, you know, but that's the interesting thing is, you know, that's how I found podcasting. It, mm-hmm. you know, I'm literally at that point where, what do I do? And I gave, you know, yeah. one, what I thought was going to be like my last professional speaking engagement and just happened. There was somebody sitting in the crowd that came up afterwards and said, Hey, would you come guest on my podcast? And I'm like, uh-huh. what's a podcast? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've said it on the show before, so I won't say it again, but that's what took my podcasting career off. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about that is because of that, we launched a content development company. We realized, you know, we were sitting on content with people, so we launched a content development company. So what I what I'll challenge you to do is put yourself out there further than yeah. you are. Go bigger, go louder, freak yourself the hell out because hey, yeah, over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, and and in this day and age, I mean, you hear all these gurus that are talking that you've got to put out so much massive content that you've got to, you know, get your name and brand out there. And unfortunately, they're right because there's yeah. so many people competing for that space totally. that you and me in doing that is how I keep finding new avenues for my company as it continues yeah. to grow. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm like, ooh. So I don't know if you know about this about me, but I'm already a TV celebrity. I was on a makeover show. Wow. Three years ago. It clearly did not work. I don't have one (laughs) ounce of makeup on right now. And honestly, I didn't brush my hair this morning. So it didn't work. But nonetheless, I don't think you knew that I was. I didn't. I didn't. You know, I I could probably use my celebrity. And for the record, no one has ever recognized me in public. I was certain it was going to be my, like, celebrity debut. And nobody. (laughs) My my favorite thing ever is when I first broke in the top 200 on iTunes, a buddy of mine walked up to me and goes, how cool is that? Are you, like, going places and people recognize you? I'm like, it's a podcast. They never see (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to show you the promo picture for my makeover show because you're from Texas. I think you'll recognize what I'm wearing. Let's see if this will. Are you a brunette in that picture? No. Oh. There I am. Do you recognize Oh, me? yeah, you wouldn't cover all those. Those are uh, – Oh, 
Dickies. Not just coveralls, Carhartts. Carhartts. Oh, either yeah. Dickies or Carhartts, one of the two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in California knew what the Carhartts were. They're like, what are you? What are you in? <laughs> <laughs> what you can't see behind me is I actually have a Carhartt jacket sitting right behind nice. me. So. <laughs> nice. I have a Carhartt hat. I, I try and represent out here. Not <laughs> Everybody's two heads. Now you just need the ten gallon Stetson, you know. So you're at one of those cool transitions in life and and Mm -hmm. figuring out shit, which is you know, it's as Jim Rohn said, we all go through seasons. Yeah. Totally. And and I think it's you know a cool place to be in that new season to see what happens and you know what shakes up as you you know continue to run and gun and 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 be you. Run Um, and gun. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> run and gun. You know, I, I, you know, I'm constantly telling people that you got to get punched in the face. Is yeah. you, you, you've got to keep putting yourself out there. That I mean, and if you're not getting punched in the face by life, then then you're actually moving backwards because you're not yeah. growing anymore. Totally. Yeah. So, so, what advice would you have for somebody if they're contemplating going into real estate at the moment? Besides, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and even go on the hooey balooey side. I mean, how does somebody handle their mindset as they're looking at the economy coming up and going, oh, crap, what do I do now? Well, so here's, you know, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, despite my hooey hooey degree. They did not give us, I thought there was going to be a crystal ball at graduation, but they, it, I was I'm like, I'm still oh, pissed man. I didn't get my Hogwarts letter, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was supposed to be psychic and be able to get the lottery numbers. Like, what right? for? I think for people starting out in real estate investing, now is the, right now is the absolute perfect time to support something I've been preaching for years. The fact is, I don't know what they're teaching in schools now, but I know when I grew up, and I'm not that old, that no one, we never got taught any of this stuff. We didn't get taught about money. We didn't get taught how to do taxes. I saw a really funny meme one time that said, it was like a, a, a tweeter, a tweet, and it said, I'm so, let's see what it said. It was during tax season. It said, I'm so glad I learned about parallelograms in school. They're really coming in handy this parallelogram season. <laughs> <laughs> but to the point, we never learned how to do taxes. Right. We learn nothing about money, financial responsibility, any of that kind of stuff. And so real estate investing, much like entrepreneurship, I think, is it has to be a self-taught thing. Like, I think they have degrees now on it. But, like, as far as doing it, you really I, – I think anyone who just dives in and just – I mean, maybe occasionally the protege comes through and they make it all happen right away. But for the most part, I think the education piece of it is so freaking critical that if for no other reason – to help you figure out what's on my hands. <laughs> um, There's a California. You, like, huh, what was I eating earlier? To help you figure out, there's so many strategies you can do too. I mean, everything from flipping houses to wholesaling to rental properties, landlording, all this stuff, and they all have different requirements as far as skill level, risk level, effort level. You know, just there's so much involved with it that I think it's so imperative that you spend some time before you dive into anything and just explore what's out there and make the attempt to follow what kind of feels natural. I wish I was a house flipper. I could make a lot more money a lot faster. I think it would be fun, but I'm not good at it. I am the most gullible person when it comes to contractors. I just got taken by another guy this week. Like, it's unbelievable how 
uh, stupid. <laughs> I was like, that's not harsh. <laughs> I was going to try and reframe that, but how dingy I can be about it. It's not in my natural grain, but rental properties are. And so if you can take the time, learn about everything, learn at least where the risk factors are and kind of figure out what's, what's going to jive with you the best and what you're going to enjoy. That'll help kind of, you know, point you in the idea of what you jive with. And now you have the perfect excuse to take that time. Like, you know, if the market's hot and everyone's fine and it's the big boom coming and like it's the primo time to buy, which is when I got into it, I didn't really have a lot of time to sit down and patiently learn like, Oh, I got time. I'll read all these books. And no, things were happening too fast. Now you can kind of take that time, or at least that's my really sneaky reframe on the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, take it for what it is, but I think that time is critical. And right now you have that time, like spend the next six months, wait and see what the market's going to do. I, I make my living selling investment properties and I don't think you should buy right now. I, you know, like at the, for the, at the risk of me not eating for the next six months, but take the time, see what the market. So we're fixing to start and go fund me for Allie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on rocket scientist, gone successful yeah. entrepreneur, gone go fund me. Uh, <laughs> entrepreneurial roller coaster. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's important for people to hear these stories, you know, and I know we're laughing and having fun, but it's, but it's the truth. I mean, this is the, the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get into risky games, you know, I do a lot of coaching and speaking so i tell everybody i sell air right yeah. i mean that's that's really yeah. what i sell <laughs> and you know air is not an easy thing to sell yeah and it is a hundred percent well not a hundred percent but it's a lot based on you know what's going on in the world you know yeah. if, if money is well with everybody sales mm-hmm. are well with everybody yeah. when money's not great with everybody then i'm in the same boat you are or we're gonna have to amp up the education side of things mm-hmm. you know, and help people in those realms well yeah, and so- if you think about it like most entrepreneurs that get interviewed on podcast you know like for me to be on your podcast like i had to sound like i half know what i'm doing like i feel like most of the information you can get from the entrepreneurs or the investors who are already doing it they have this really killer sounding resume and a it's harder to find people talking about the hardships. Mm-hmm. Like my first five years are a huge success as an entrepreneur. But like I say, I'm nervous now. It's like, wait a minute, my sales could drop to zero tomorrow. So even regardless of how much success I had over the last five years, six years, I could crash. I could have crashed right now and I don't know it yet. And so, you know, I think it's so important for all of us entrepreneurs who are already doing it or investors or whatever to really, you know, it's not just like, build the success and then you stay there like it's just it really is this roller coaster thing and so for all of us to be transparent about like hey yeah i've done really well but hey here's my real time problem i have one you know and i because what i feel i know when i got into entrepreneurship i was fortunate to have a mentor he had to talk me off the cliff more than 10 times easily <laughs> like if it had been for him i probably would have stepped off the cliff and done like you had thought about in six months like i go get a real job this is right. terrible. but you know because there's not that many people talking about what did you do when you were standing on the cliff how did you get to the cliff you know how did you talk yourself back out of it because that really is going to be your if that's not your entrepreneurship journey you're not becoming that big of an entrepreneur <laughs> like or that big of a business you yeah. gotta Got to have those moments. You know, two things that come to mind in that is one, and I forget who said it, but 
it was one of the gurus of the day. He's like, you know, if you're not trying to put yourself out of business, then yeah. you're going out of business. Right. Because somebody else is fixing to come along and knock you out. The second thing is, and I hate this word because it's so overplayed, is the authenticity of your story. You're talking to the hooey hooey masters girl. <laughs> oh, we can talk authenticity. <laughs> Well, I know for me, man, growing up, it was, it was, you know, success was, you know, the, the right hair, the right clothes, mm -hmm. the right vehicles, the right condos, you know, I was never really the bling, but, you know, everything had its proper place and time. Yeah. And for me, growing up early, young in sales, it was, let me go tell you how badass I am and why you absolutely <laughs> need to buy from me, right? Yeah. You know, and it wasn't until later in my life I realized, you know, why I didn't have success early in my career yeah. but, or why I didn't keep clients because, dude, I was raised in a farm. I'm not the city slicker, you know, yeah. guy. So um, it, it's been a wild understanding for me. But I often get people who do try and come on the show and they want to voice what all they're saying. and. Yeah. One of the reasons I do an hour show because you can get the real story out of them if you keep them talking. Uh huh. Like <laughs> and digging, yeah. like ah, oh, got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, though. I mean, you can only hide behind your BS for so long. Yeah. Well, honestly, people these days they don't appreciate it. Like I have, I my goal from minute one has been like just be me, be unfiltered, because that's what people in a day like today with the internet and every just sounded so old saying that these days with the internet, you know, that computer, that WWW thing. Oh God. Any more coffee or less coffee. I don't know. You know, there's so many voices talking. If you plug in any topic and you want to learn something about it, there is everyone under the sun trying to tell you, this is how you do it. This is how you shouldn't do it. This is, you know, like how do you decipher? And I feel like it's become so, and you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk before we started recording he really, I think, set the precedence for just being unfiltered. And I feel like people are so desperate to connect with the unfiltered version now. I know that's what I aim for is like, I'm just going to tell you like it is. If you call me and say, hey, I want to buy a rental property and I hear your story and your goals, I'll be the first one to tell you, you shouldn't buy the properties I work with. Like, But people appreciate that. It's truth telling. It's you know, talk about the ups and the downs and it's no more facade or show in my opinion, or at least I'm just hoping that because I don't want to start putting makeup on. <laughs> so, well, in some circles, I should put makeup on. So, you know, <laughs> well, if you come to California, you can put makeup on and nobody will think I'll fit right in. And then I'll grab my blanket and beach towel and sleep on the beach with the rest of the bums. Totally. totally. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, girl, this has been a fun ride. I really this is a fun one. appreciate you, you sharing. The honesty behind your story is is huge. I mean, mm -hmm. I've never met a flying engineer real estate <laughs> investor who buys $40,000 beach huts. You know, but hey. <laughs> and third world countries. Yeah, third world countries. First and time. And on a makeover show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've had a couple of movie producer people come on the show, and I keep telling them I'm going to be an extra in the show. I don't care to be an actor. I just want to be able to say, dude, if you look at that guy all the way in the back, I'm waving and you can't really see me in the back of the movie. That's me. <laughs> I'm in a movie. <laughs> so, well, girl, this has been awesome. Here's how I like to wrap up the show. Well, first, how do people get in touch with you? Just because you sound like such a, a real voice and helping mm -hmm. people as, as they're getting into the game and figuring things out. How do people get in touch with you? 
Well, in, in support of being that real thing, I love if people just email me directly. So my email is Allie, A-L-I, at hipsterinvestments.com. That's my company name. Um, is your company name really Hipster Investments? It is. And do you know, I'm still so embarrassed by it. It's like so many people love it. And I'm like, God, I'm glad you do. It's so ridiculous. But <laughs> – that, there, so there somewhere whole, along the way, hipster replaced <laughs> hippie, and, well, you know, and I'm not the only difference is hipsters have the worst reputation. Like I'm the furthest thing from a hipster, hippie maybe, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's a whole other discussion. But yeah, so Ali at hipsterinvestments.com, and you can always go to hipsterinvestments.com if you reach out there. Melissa will probably respond to you. She handles all the incoming emails, but email me directly. And, you know, much like I've enjoyed talking to you, like I just like meeting new people and, you know, I do business consulting. I do the real estate stuff. I'm all over the board. If you want to just say hi and you know, whatever, like bring it on. I'm not one of those to like decipher or like make my email all cryptic. So the spam bots, I get enough of them without, you know, <laughs> it doesn't help anyway. So yeah, yeah, whatever, email me directly and you'll, and I'll respond like totally. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, here's how I like to wrap up every show, and I do stump some people, so you're forewarned. Oh, bring it. Oh, the engineer just came screaming. like, oh, bring it. Two plus two is – no, I'm kidding. If you could leave the audience, my audience of champions, with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra – there's your spiritual hooey bluey mm-hmm. stuff. Bluey. <laughs> you know, something that they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it. They're going through that really tough time trying to figure out their next move in life. What would be that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Remember this. Don't take advice from people you would not trade shoes with. Oh, I like that. Like you mentioned the kind of times of challenge and the need or whatever. In my experience, the best way out of those is to connect with other people who have either been there, done that, but make sure that that person is someone you would actually trade shoes with. Like if I want to be a beach bum and not have to work for my investments, I'm probably not going to take advice from a guy sitting behind a desk wearing a suit working nine to five. So, you know, in this world of so many voices, find the people you would actually trade shoes with and take their advice and be kind of leery about everybody else's. That's awesome. That's actually, I've never heard that before. That's, that's unusual for me. So well done. Well yeah. done. Yeah. First time for everything. And that's how the country <laughs> song goes. Yeah. Or there's always the second one, fake it till you make it. That one also helped me. So <laughs> <laughs> whichever works for you. There you go. There you go. So, well, girl, thanks so much for coming on and do this. It was actually a lot, a lot of fun. Thanks for a lot of laughs. I think people will enjoy this one. So thanks for doing this. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com.
Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.